0: Welcome to the Thinker What Works Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary. Today, we're here with Sam Wyant. Hello. And Aaron Johnson from Thinker. Welcome, gentlemen, to the Thinker's What Works Podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank
2: you. Well done. <laughs> it seems like you've done this before. What is it, 25? It's what, something what, like that. What Could Works. Five?
0: What Works Podcast. <laughs> i this is, this is eggnog. All cup. right, just check it. Real eggnog.
1: And coffee. They the talked about the eggnog on NPR yesterday, about uh, where it came I from. I do love eggnog.
2: It's very, very old. It's one of the oldest drinks around.
0: Where did it come
1: from?
2: Well, there, the, in the quick little thing they were saying, that nog, nog is, w- one old term for nog was uh, like an old alcoholic drink. And then, mm-hmm. so they're not sure if it came from that or if it came from noggin, which was, I believe, the vessel that you would drink out of. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's really old.
0: Is it like Stein? So know. in in Germany, they they call it Eggstein. Could
2: be, Wevos Stein, Wevos Stein.
0: Yeah, that's that's cross cultural. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. yeah. So Alex, you had some questions for us today.
3: Well, first thing is, after I got to Thinker, I get the the big question: What is Thinker? So, where did the name come from? Oh. Why did you Why did you pick that one? Was that an Aaron thing? Or I remember that name. <laughs> Do you? Uh uh-huh i only remember it vaguely 2011 2011 2011
0: all right so after i sold uh my e-commerce company i took a short little break but i needed um i was doing some consulting work and i needed to i needed a corporation to put put that in and i had been hatching a plan for what thinker would become and so i needed to kind of start that off the name though the name came from
2: Probably the normal thing, which is an open URL. Well, that was part of it. Yeah. So it, it came from like, hey, what do I, what, like, what are we really good at? And I was like, well, you know, we really
0: think about things more deeply and longer and, um, than maybe typical small business. So, so it became, well, thinker, okay, now what? What happens? What's the outcome of, of, of thinking about things well? And I was like, well, it could be thinker profit um, or it could be thinker something or else, you know, something else. And so there were actually a handful of things. And then and then yeah, absolutely just like any naming process, we're like, okay, well, what's the what's the domain name? Um and then and and then I batted around a handful of people who all laughed and like, what? What's that stinker? <laughs> uh
3: you know. <laughs> I've never had to spell out thinker to people. So many out you know yeah. I'll say I work at Thinker Ventures, so I'll be what? What? How do you spell that? Right, thinker T H I N K. And then they're like, yeah. Oh, really?
2: <laughs> no, Stink- I, I remember I remember you calling me because yeah. I was down in my southern home in Bloomington. No, but I remember <laughs> like, minute, I was down where it's warmer. Bloomington is there? It's Illinois. Yeah, No, but I remember like I think Republic. I was sitting at my dining room table um, and you were like, I got a name. I got it figured out. Yep. And it made sense to me at the time, the thinker profit, because I was like, oh, well, yeah, it's totally <laughs> a business consulting thing. Yeah. Because I remember you saying, all right, can you throw together some logos yeah. for me to help? And they didn't go well that first round. Mm-hmm. It was way more playful and sketchy. Right. So, Aaron, because Aaron, you were working for State Farm at the time? Yeah, at that time I was down. We had moved down to Bloomington. I think I was down there for probably about three years or so before Jason started Thinker going-ish. But, but see, I was, yeah, I was down there. We'd moved down there. Uh-huh. It was a big move for our family. I threw my hat in the ring at State Farm as one of their designers there. They have a really big internal department of a ton of amazing people. And uh, I threw my hat in the ring, totally not thinking I would get it. We were living here in Rockford. And uh, yeah, a couple days later, they asked me to come down for an interview. And then usually it takes months to get a job there. And they called me back. I thought i had bombed that interview they're really good at like not letting on that uh they like you at all um so i went in had my interview came home (laughs) said to lydia bombed it badly and then not even a full week later i got a call from their hr department offering me a job and i didn't know what to do i totally did not expect it so 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 you've done that for
3: three years and then you start your consulting firm who did you start with who was the first people Gene was talking to me one time. But you guys were sitting around the table. Who were the first people? It's probably all
2: top secret stuff. Who were the first people? Could... Secrets, who the first people? <laughs> yeah, like you what? Bring in first clients? You're saying the first person,
3: right? Oh, first. First who, who did you add? Who who came on board first?
2: Gene was one of
0: the first guys.
3: He said you guys were sitting around like brainstorming what you guys wanted to really kind of do with the mm-hmm. company.
0: Yeah, but there were some top secret projects that were worked on, some mm-hmm. development projects, and then I had my own consulting stuff that I was doing. Um, so when did,
3: when did you come back, Sam? When, we, when did you get back in the mix,
2: Sam or me? No, Sam, okay, uh, Aaron. I Aaron. I you're Sam. Well, you were looking. You said Sam. You were looking at me. <laughs> um, Awkward. No, that's fine. I just didn't want to answer
0: for Sam. Um, <laughs> Sam sitting there so quietly in his uh, Santa ugly
2: sweater. Mm. His wife's yeah. Santa's ugly sweater. Just to <laughs> I'm clarify like that. Wearing my grandmother's <laughs> sweater. <laughs> I think I am. Yeah. Um, I can't. Okay, so you asked when I came yeah, on. Yeah, when did you come Well, I, I, it, I was helping out doing freelance stuff for Jason earlier, mm-hmm. before, like just little bits here and there. I had that full-time job. Uh, at some point, I became art director down there, and then I was helping in my dining room on my laptop uh, make logos for clients that he was trying to help.
3: But, I mean, State Farm's is like huge multi- you know layered corporation Mm -hmm. what made you make the leap to come back um a couple different things one was
2: um so i was i was in my mid-30s when i became art director there and i thought that i was going to be doing a lot more designing than i was the the way it was just set up was there they were big teams and then i i just ended up in a lot of meetings answering emails all day long so i had a little bit of a freak out because i was worried that uh I was in the prime of my design career, and I was just not going to use my talents that I had honed over the last 15 years. So I was trying to figure out what to do, Um, I was looking at a few different options, and that's when uh, Jason and I had talked about our plans that we've been having for 15 years of someday doing something. And we really wanted to get back to Rockford where our family was. We had a lot of good friends down in Bloomington, but family was back here, so just kind of missed home.
3: So, Sam, you worked with Jason at his former company, correct? I mean, how did you in, end up here?
1: Yeah, so uh, about 11 years ago, I applied for a sales job at his old e-commerce company and worked there for a long time until I had so many children that it was cheaper to <laughs> stop working versus putting them in daycare and stay at home <laughs> with them. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> That some grand tax plan, or <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's only four kids, it's not obscene, but uh, well, you finally <laughs> figured out where they were coming from. And then yeah, appreciate it. Right. Yeah, you're welcome to your help tip. with that, Aaron. Yep. So, so I did, I stayed at home with the kids for a year, year and a half or so, and uh, needed some adult conversation, so started hanging out with Jason and uh. Over, over lunch and then and he was like, stuff like that. "Nope, this isn't it." <laughs> no. Where's the adult conversation? So he
0: went to church. And...
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and Jason gradually asked me to work on some projects for Thinker, and uh, uh, that that sort of continued to grow until now. I'm here almost every day of the week. Almost every day of the Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Still taking care of the kids.
3: In my spare time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so how's how has uh, Thinker evolved so far since you guys came back on board? Man, there's a lot of different ways.
1: We're a lot busier than we used to be.
2: It was very I mean, at the beginning, like we had talked about with the naming of it when it was Thinker Profit, it was very uh strategy business focused. Um that was the primary thing, which still is. Um but design Um, IT, all the stuff that we do now was more secondary. They were much smaller things because, like I said, I was just helping out freelance a little bit here and there to get some stuff done.
0: It was really the nature, I think, of the skill sets Mm -hmm. of people who could be involved with projects. So the plan for Thinker was always to bring in this idea of really sound strategy and great marketing communications work and design work couple that with technology and building apps and 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 computer systems and tying all those things together Uh, and then being able to utilize those kind of three strengths into uh, launching other organizations and 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 so the the nature of who was on board at what period of time let us down we need sound strategy Uh, and then it was okay well we've now we've got great uh, application development stuff And then we've got great design work on top of that, so um, the the ability to pull all of those things together has been an evolution, a planned evolution. It's going down a certain path to be able to. um, It's not been it's been less organic growth, uh, organic strategy, and more just following the plan uh, and and looking for opportunities as they come.
3: So, because I was going to ask that question, it it seems like just from where I sit. That you go in directions as you find people, or are you right. looking for the direct? Are you have you charted the direction and then you go find people for it?
0: I have a good idea. I have I have a good idea of what the direction is. I could be totally wrong, <laughs> but I have a good idea of what the direction is. And then I tend to um, see opportunity in people. So if if uh, if a person has a certain skill set, then I'll. I'll like ponder long and hard about whether they, what you know, should do they belong on the team? Does the team need them right now? And then what does that enable us to do along along the planned strategy? So you know, if a chef came up and said, "Hey, I'd like a job," I would I would go, "Well, are you a great chef? Does Thinker need a chef?" And I go, "No, it doesn't need a chef." Um, yeah, we do. But right, <laughs> but, but would you? <laughs> would you cook breakfast? We the, yeah, we have that kitchen. <laughs> but it doesn't fit along. That doesn't fit along a strategy, right? So, um, so it would be weeded out. Um, but I would, in the meantime, I'd be very curious about who they are and try and figure out um, their kind of their best fit.
1: But no, it's it's, um, and I think you're not afraid to adjust your strategy and vision if the right person comes available for something i feel like you've 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 maybe altered slightly the direction uh in order to take advantage of an opportunity that's still generally going in the same direction Mm
0: -hmm. yeah for sure nothing moves in a straight line um but the you can feel i'm not especially good at it i'm better at it than i used to be but you can feel through experience uh when you're pushing on a door that's not opening I tend to push, you know, longer than I should. Probably in some cases, but the, um, the door is actually a pull door. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's sometimes the case. <laughs> sometimes you're pushing in the wrong direction. Uh, but but you you should be able to feel it. Um, so like when we talk with our clients, I always talk about you know go where the river's flowing. Don't you know don't try and make your own river. Go where the rivers already flowing. You can direct a flowing river, but it's really hard to start a new one. Um, so yeah when the when the river needs to take a bend you go with it and and then you can try and figure out how to move it back if you know it's wandering off but um it's it's much easier to go with a river that's flowing so yeah i think i think we do adjust through time
3: well like some people aren't aren't in like tight boxes i mean we know what aaron does aaron's in charge of design everything goes through aaron but like in sam's case you kind of fill in all over the place. I mean, what do you see Except your role as? In and Except in design. Except in design. That's right. <laughs> Very specifically, that's actually in my and contract. Photo, yeah. Actually, and, and yeah. first but thing yeah, we You, d- you do root Sam. me
1: on, though. <laughs> You're, a, You're right there behind me. He's a cheerleader.
2: <laughs> good job. Keep
3: it up. It's a really good sure design. you want to do that, Aaron? Really? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I guess I, I kind of fill in in a lot of different ways, whether it's writing content or... Um, Editing content or discussing strategy or digging into P&L statements and um, job cost analysis and things like that for clients. Uh, and then, of course, my, my primary responsibility, which is account management and actually helping customers get what they want and need out of Thinker.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you also do the Google AdWords and, and the, the Facebook advertising for I, a lot I, of our clients.
1: I do dabble in that as well, yes.
3: And I read about that. It's just... It's just that stuff seems to be changing so quickly. How do you keep up with that as
1: fast as I can, and that's really all there is to it Re- reading a lot and experimenting a lot and uh talking to other people who know more than me as much as I can
3: too that was what do you think what direction is google adwords facebook advertising all the all that stuff going in two thousand eighteen i mean what 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 have we learned this year that we need to try to
2: our phones are gonna Continue to listen to us more, (laughs) and when you talk about the obscure, weird coffee cup that you want to your friend, it'll suddenly be there on your phone for you to buy it it now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, look at that. That was the thing I was telling you about five seconds ago. Speak up.
1: Hey, I've been listening. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I heard you. Imagine. uh... (laughs) Yeah. I think think that's where all those things are where it's headed. I have no idea where it's going. We just got to keep adjusting because it's changing so fast. I mean, I think um, things continue to try to become more intuitive. Like, basically what they just joked about is true. Uh, Google and Facebook and advertisers like us want to try to anticipate people's needs and wants so that we can educate them about a product or service before, maybe even before they know they need it uh, so that we're the first ones in their mind when they decide they have to have it
0: i think one of the things that we that we focus on is not necessarily chasing after all the new things because there are new things all the time and they're really just tests because not all of them are going to work in your particular instance so you have to set aside some sort of budget to test those test those new things um i i think one of the things that's really um we're just seeing the the kind of the we're at the cusp of this idea of artificial intelligence and how how machines will um, begin to do more of the decision making uh, and less of just generating information, because that's where we've been in a long time. You know, the machines have a lot of information, but they don't do any decision making. It's like it's like some of our clients who come to us and they've they've not made decisions for years, but they've got all this information, and we help unpack that information and move them forward. Well, they had all the information, and the machines and the systems were bringing that information to them, but they were unable to make the decision. What we're gonna what we're gonna be experiencing now is that machines will not only uh, generate the information for us, but they will also then begin to make decisions for us. And that, that's what we see uh, in terms of personalization. Like you're talking about the cup, coffee cup, or you're browsing online or, or you you post it on your Facebook you know page and all of a sudden, boom, there it is. And you can start buying it. And I think also what we're going to be experiencing is a lot of, um, a lot of the intrusive, um, the intrusive marketing is going to be weeded out. So what happens when everybody's talking? What happens when everybody has a blog and everybody's writing something? What happens when everything's been said? Because in a lot of time, a lot of cases everything's been said. How many how many more top ten business lists can you make? Right? Uh, I'm it's, trying to do three a week. But... Right, I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it gets it, it gets to be where there's so much information, how do you weed it all through? And because at the end of the day, people are people are people and they connect with people and they connect with a unique voice and they don't connect with everybody, and that's okay. But the uh, like one of the things that's coming out uh, off soon in February, I believe it is, um, with Google. Google Chrome is going to start ad blocking. Now Google makes their money on ads. How are they going to put an ad blocker in? Well, there's a consortium of people who have defined what a good ad is, what an unobtrusive ad is. So those ads where you go to a, you know, you're going to go to a, a blog article and all of a sudden up pops this window where it's counting down for 30 seconds and forcing you to watch that ad, which you're actually not watching. Those types of things will be weeded out by Google. It'll become an offensive ad, and it won't run. So now people are going to have to focus on higher quality content that's not obtrusive. If you, if you, if if the only thing unique about your voice is you keep being louder and more obnoxious, that's not unique. There are loud and obnoxious people in the world, and they're not people we hang around with. So why would we hang around those advertisers? Why would you do business with them? You wouldn't. You'd stop.
1: AM radio commercials on the internet.
0: Right there you go so there so along these lines of you're going to get personalization you're going to get decision making for us and then you're also going to get the noise weeded out those two things are going to force advertisers and and businesses to to hone their craft really what i think is we're going to see a swing back to this idea of uh businesses are built on people businesses are built on relationships uh and it's going to be less about you know how can you how can you Make the most interesting ad ever, and, and that then was, that was and then the push trends. it on people.
3: That was one of the trends I saw. Something I was reading yesterday that events are actually going to be more important because yeah. that forces your people to go out and meet. Well, your it was customers. like video
0: conference. How you know, video conference was going to be this amazing thing. It Was going to save all this air traveling. Yet people are still traveling, uh, and 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 if you talk to salespeople or executives, they're like, yeah, you got to go face to face. It's the only way to do it. And so, video conference has its video conferencing has its place, but if you're going to kick off a, a a relationship with someone, you actually do want to be face to face, and 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 the events and things like that are are great. And and people again, people are still people, and they still want to get out of the office too. So sometimes it's just nice to get out of the office and go do business in a different place. Cool. So any technology that's going to tie you to your seat still isn't going to succeed. So there's, I th- I think we will see a, a swing back um, into. Uh, into more of that personalized communication, and that's where technology really—I think—we'll see those trends. Where, you know, why why can't people just chat with you on your website immediately when they want to talk to you? You know, that's uh, those. There's some certain things that are underutilized, uh, and those will have to become more commonplace. Meeting people where they're at, anytime they're there, um, that type of instant
3: communication, I think, is going to be important. The technology is just um, just exploding. One of the things I read yesterday was there are hundred thousand software companies today. By 2027, as it gets hyper specialized, there'd be a million.
0: Yeah, but that's that's to some extent that's BS because you'll start to see in in any or in, in any type of market where there becomes this plethora of service providers, there also can be, becomes consolidation. So you 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 the inefficiency of sourcing from a bunch of people becomes evident to the the bigger your organization is. Right? So if you do a lot of business, it becomes very inefficient to source from a lot of people. If you're a one-man band, you're like, great, i got 10 outsourcers. Yeah, but 10, or, 10 outsourcers are, is really kind of a pain in the butt when, when you've got a really large organization. Now you're like, well, yeah, but I don't need 10, I'd actually like to deal with only three of the best. And so you'll start consolidating, and then you're like, yeah, but I actually need that in-house. And so you start, you'll start hiring or you'll start buying them up. So yeah, everybody's an entrepreneur and everybody wants to start a business, and, there's, and I think we're seeing a trend towards that, which is out of necessity. Um, but, uh, I think you'll, you'll see the expansion, but then you'll see also the contraction of the quantity, not necessarily the volume of business, but you'll see a, a, a subtraction uh, or contraction rather in the quantity of businesses, because there will be consolidation in that, in, in, in whatever these industries are
3: as they expand. I want to circle back to Aaron real quick, because I don't, I don't get a chance to talk to him much. This is the only time. Aaron's do one a- of the most interesting guys here, really. is <laughs> probably, probably the only time you will do yeah, a podcast. I know. I know. What is good design? <laughs> There's a lot, you know, like we talked about one time, you can go, you know, people can slap um, (laughs) logos together and stuff. I remember I got one from a community center and they were all proud of it. I'm like, I'm not even a designer and that. That doesn't look good. But what do you consider good design?
2: Sam showed me an interesting article a few seconds ago with really bad design. (laughs) Quite funny. Um, uh, Man, it's such a big question. I would say... To wrap into what we do, um, I would consider good design as being um, strategic in that it fills a certain role. There's a gap in we talk about the sales process. So, even uh, you know if it's a church bringing people in and keeping them to uh, a piano company uh, that is trying to bring people in to buy pianos. Um, every everything works the same. And that there's steps along the way and uh, each of the steps needs to get you to the next step. Right? So, so when I I think when we are doing our best work is when we've identified the problem and thought through what the solution could be. So uh, an example of this would be, we get a lot of clients that come in and go, we need a new website. And a lot of times they do. Um, So we could, like any agency and like many agencies I've worked for say yep we'll we'll redo that for you right away it's going to cost you know $30,000 and we'll get on it and three months later we have a new site um, but we've just made it look pretty we've added some new content um, and maybe it runs faster but we haven't sat back Taking a look at what the actual problems are, what's what steps are missing, what's keeping the customer from getting to the next step, which might be to buy a product. So, um, that's where I kind of try to focus the design as it's it's a tactic in a group of many other tactics to get somebody to to perform a specific task or buy or whatever it is. So if I can, that might mean that it that it's an ugly, ugly postcard. That might be what's needed. You might, I mean, we get them all the time in the mail where you look at them and and they're really ugly, cheap looking things. Actually, there was probably a lot of thought put into those. Should we make them look high end or should we make them look cheap? Um, And there was a decision made to do that. Sometimes there isn't, but um, that's, I think, where uh, the thought needs to go into it because it could be I think, I think the, the simple answer, the easy answer for a lot of people would be, what's good design? It's what looks best. It's what feels the best. It's, what's, it's what says the best thing. It's the funniest commercial. But I'll, you know, see a funny commercial during the Super Bowl, and most people don't even know who it was for. Um, and so that commercial failed. So does the commercial, is it funny? And do the people remember who it is? And do they go to the website? And do they buy the next box of Kleenex because... It was a Kleenex commercial. <clears throat> if you're not doing those things, if you're not hitting those strategic points or those steps or those questions that you identify with a the client, then your design's just a pretty drawing that could get hung up on the wall or whatever. Yeah.
0: I think the the uh, issue of design is much like the issue of uh, dress, right? So you've heard the adage, dress for success, dress for the... Dress for the job you want to want to have. Dress for the position you want to have. The what
1: job are we dressed for today? In our oh, we're sweaters? dressed for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you just put on clothes, right? Sometimes you just wear the ugly postcard. Okay. So the yeah, those are those are jingly. Those are nice snowmen. Nice. So uh, if you dress for success, because and because people will accept you. Instead of just being like, today I want to be in my sweatpants. Yeah, but you can't be in your sweatpants in that scenario because people don't expect you in sweatpants. And so what do they do? They immediately judge you not because you're a bad person or because you did dress in sweatpants um, because they're writing a story about who you are because you you know because you chose sweatpants oh they must be and then they write that story same thing goes for if your copy has has uh, has spelling errors in it and sometimes they happen despite the best efforts of people but sometimes uh, sometimes it's just like well yeah but you know we, we put it out there and at least we made that email at least we, we, we did that post all those
3: all those were written by Sam.
0: Yes. Well, mostly then, <laughs> then you get an editor who, <laughs> who can ferret those things out. So design is much the same. People who, who want to do business with you are trying to figure out who you are as an organization and your design is speaking to that. So like it or not, if you have a design or communication style that uh, communicates that you don't know how to communicate, they also assume that you also that you don't know how to fulfill whatever service or product you're trying to sell. That's the way it is. Uh, we We are judgmental people. You have to learn to work in that. And so particularly in this global marketplace, you have got to put your best foot forward. There's no excuse not to. Uh, and uh, the the more you believe, I think, in the value of what it is you're trying to sell, the more effort you put into. You know what is the right communication in this particular circumstance? I have I did a video on it a long time ago. It's kind of this idea that your habits uh, tend to sometimes get in the way of of your 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 connecting with people, um, and so you got to change your habits because you are who you are, but you could be better, you could be different, and you and you should be. Likewise, that's fine. Your organization isn't good at design. We'll find somebody who is uh, because there's no excuse for it. Uh, and then I think also the other, like Aaron's talking about with the idea of design, everybody wants to be like the next great thing we want. It's going to be so, it's going to be so awesome. It's going to go viral. Well, good luck because you could be the next great thing, but then you're going to be out because somebody else is going to beat you at that eventually, or you could just be the same great thing forever. Right. Uh, and people will just continue to go back to you. So does it require great design? Yeah. Does it require great communication? Yep. Does it require great fulfillment of that product or service and great follow up? Yep, you could be the same great thing, um, and not have to, um, not have to focus so much on swinging for the fences. Swing for base hits. It's fine.
3: So this is gonna this podcast I think we're gonna release like on uh, January second. So what is there kind of an organizational New Year's resolution that you that you're playing around with in your head?
0: No, there's not a resolution. Um, First of all, I think that idea of New Year's is just an interesting concept because you could we, we could just as easily call it February 1st. And if we all agreed that February 1st was the, the day that we just all made changes, that would be great. So the idea that we're just going to make changes on January 1st magically and they're just going to stick is bogus. You, you will either uh, use that as just an opportunity to focus, which you could do at any point in time, uh, or don't expect what you're doing to actually affect anything. So January, the, the idea of, and kind of the process I go through at the end of the year is it becomes a, and this year's a little bit different, like I'm, I'm, I'm pushing, pushing, pushing there are a lot of projects on the plate, but, um, there's this moment to breathe and then you can go, okay, how do we learn from the past year? What did we do? Great. What did we not do great? Uh, what, what could we do better? Where are we headed? Where, where's the marketplace going? And then you can formulate a plan. For let's say the following twelve months, but it, the execution is everything. You you can digest all you want, and you can uh, you, you can evaluate, um, but if you don't then take action on it, well, it's it's a meaning it's meaningless. You didn't learn anything. You didn't move forward. So um, what what I do is I go through a, 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 a planning process of sorts. Uh, and this year uh, the whole team's included on that uh, at the beginning of January, uh, which will which will unpack where where are the holes in in um, in the organization and where are the, where are the sticking points and where do we need to push where what's where have we been pushing that we shouldn't be pushing any longer where's the marketplace going where do we exist in this ecosystem uh what's our unique uh what's our, our unique place in the world um basically doing a strategic plan for ourselves like we would do for any organization and we're pretty good at it so i'm confident that um i'm confident that that process and then the execution of the process will move us forward
3: Anybody ever, here ever, like, make a New Year's resolution that you kept all year? Hmm.
1: That's know. an interesting question. I don't know. One, I one year,
3: okay, so one year I had to we had to post it when, back when I used to work in the newspaper, so I had to post their New Year's resolution. That year I had taken a softball in the eye and gotten 16 stitches, and then an elbow in the forehead playing basketball and got eight. So my New Year's resolution was to have 24 fewer stitches in my face. Did it work? It did. I did. I, I had zero stitches that year, so I guess that counts.
1: I. So the lesson there is make very narrowly <laughs> defined. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. 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 Um, Something of, that's mostly out of your control.
2: One of the <laughs> things I'm kind of looking forward to with 2018 for Thinker is um, this year we had our our we moved to this new location, which has been uh, it's been great. We, it was interesting because we had a lot of great people at our at our other space, and our other space was pretty cool. Um, but this space has served so much better for what well, Jason had talked about at the beginning of the podcast, kind of the, the the long-term plans and goals that he's had in his head for Thinker being this <laughs> hub. And so moving into this much bigger space, you know, just in the few months we've been here, the space has really kind of come to life with uh, a lot of stuff with the community. We're getting people in here using it. Thinker's becoming a part of directly or indirectly of a lot of uh, businesses that are starting or thriving right now or needing to grow or stuck. Um, so I'm really kind of interested to see how 2018 just planned and organically uh, how we utilize this space to affect the, um, our clients and people that aren't even our clients that just need
3: well while help. you were while you were figuring out the thermostat issue, it also caused us to huddle together for warmth in a couple of days. But I thought that was yes, well, that was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> so we, we do know a little bit about HVAC,
0: <laughs> right. uh, which is uh, which is great, and because then we can we can tend to take care of our, our own issues when we're not getting uh, responses from others. I think the space is is a good example of how we. Um, or maybe me and everybody else that comes along for the ride. I don't know uh, how how Thinker has has expanded and how we how we continue on a path. So the other the other space did not fulfill the vision for what Thinker could be. It was too small. Uh, it it didn't have a a a space to gather in along with a space to put more people in production and then things like a kitchen, which is just one of my, one of my things. The, so I, I knew that there was going to be another space at some point in time. We were going to have to move. And once in a while I would get the itch and I'd start looking around, uh, to buy a place or lease a place. And there was nothing that would fit then the aesthetic we were looking for. There are bigger places. You can get bigger places, but there's nothing that fit the aesthetic and there's nothing to fit the, the, uh, the economics of, of outfitting a place. So the, that process took two years or three years, something like that of just thinking about it, thinking about it, looking around, thinking about it, looking around, thinking about it, looking around, just waiting, wait, 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 wait. Uh, and then when this space became available very quietly, we started looking at it and negotiating it. And that's, um, it, it when, when we looked at it, It was pretty clear i think yep this is the next place so it's where the river was flowing for whatever reason um and and the pushing process in the meantime was simply there's a door that opens at some point in time let's push this one let's push this one let's push this one don't spend too much time on it but because when it comes you'll know and that's where this the space just it became available and it it was it fits perfectly or as perfect as anyone can have it, uh, down the line of where the strategy goes. So that's, um, that's where I think the, this idea of there's organic growth, but there's also planned growth and expansion and changes. Um, the the two kind of have to come together and you have to develop a little bit of patience. I'm very impatient guy sometimes. Um, but the space, I think was a perfect example of, you know, patience pays off. Just give it time. Give it some time, um, but don't stay stagnant. At the same time, the two have to work together.
2: Well, even in our old space, we were experimenting with the stuff we're doing now. Mm-hmm. We, ex- I remember us, the three of us, sitting around your office desk, experimenting with a podcast. Yeah. Um, because we knew we wanted to do them, so we were experimenting, even though it wasn't a good spot for it. Yep. We still were doing that. We still experimented with. Having kickoffs for clients' products and things like that, and we yeah. made the space work. It was great; people loved it. Mm-hmm. But all those things were happening, um, and we were just making them happen, even without right. the correct or you know ideal space. Um, so not, then, once we moved in here, it was just like took off right away.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's that's I think also. Um, I tend to get a little bit uh, unfocused at times because I like to chase a lot of things Uh, and I like to overthink things. And um, I like to, I like to think about all the ways things could be and then I'll get an itch. So like the podcast, we really need to do podcast. I absolutely know we need to do podcast. Are we ready for doing podcasts? Do I have time to do podcast? Who's going to produce the podcast? And so we did, we experimented with the podcast and um, it was useful, Uh, but it was a test. It was a test, deliberate test to just start doing them internally. Um, and then when the space became available, but we had no real space to do it, you know, so and now when this space became available, which was probably, I don't know, it's eight months, year later, something like that, then, um, then it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, there's a podcast room. Cool. Well, we've got some equipment and we just need a little bit more equipment. And then we need a producer because one of the holes we recognized is we're not going to edit this thing down and release it to the world. Nobody's got any time for that find find somebody who does there's a lot of people who do that find one uh and so you know the systemization of it i think in the uh, was was important but it was a plan that was hatched a long time ago
1: i think maybe that's sort of the boiled down how has thinker gotten to where it is is experiment test and then be open to new opportunities that that uh, show themselves maybe without any warning and just be prepared to take advantage of those things that come up like throughout, in the slow days, experimenting with mailers and, you know, trying mm-hmm. to throw parties and get people to come, you know, just those little things have all evolved and work so much better now uh, with practice, but with a little more awareness uh, and a whole lot of times where something has just emerged and we've been prepared to take advantage of it because we've been experimenting and testing.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah, one of the things that's just kind of, I was thinking of that is a bit different about the adventure here than at the other agencies I've been at is that, um, because we, because thinker has been built around, uh, clients. So like other agencies, agencies I've been at, they, you know, we might have two or three large clients, the sugar daddies that pay the bills and the business gets built around them. You know, the team gets built around that client and then, then you're kind of a slave to them. And then your business goes where that takes you. Um, Thinker's been a bit different because we we didn't start with a sugar daddy like a lot of agencies do where it's like, hey, we got a couple of big clients. We stole them from our other place, and now we, we got started. We didn't do that. We just kind of started. And we've that's kind of, I think, allowed Thinker to go to, to be patient and to look at where the river's flowing and go like that instead of trying to build up dams here and there to keep work coming in from this and keep work coming in from that. And how do we hire more people to, we've bumped into that a couple of times where we've almost done that a little bit. Um, but luckily it didn't pan out and we've kind of been able to keep going.
0: We push back. So we, I mean, we push back hard sometimes where, where other small businesses would, would, you know, just go out and get, just go out and start doing stuff just to make money. We just kind of push back against that and mm. um, push back against making money. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it feels that way for me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but push, we push back against um, just doing stuff just to do stuff. Right. And I think that um, there's not. There, it's not really built on hubris. It's it's built on the idea that uh, a- any 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 you know person who's even adequate uh, in communication or design work or um, you know a, a an adequate business consultant can go off and just go get um, can go do whatever the client asks. But if the what the client is asking for is not what the client needs, who goes and tells them? Who says no? I'm not doing that, and here's why. Who will push back against that? And that's where that's where we have we differ um that's where the, i think the experience with us is a little bit different um and we're not we're not just an agency do we do agency work yeah for sure we do it work as well are we an it company well kind of are we a business strategy and consultant company yeah we are um but we're not just that and so we've got a different we have a bunch of different levers that we can pull because we are a business development company there's not really anybody u- uniquely like us um at least in this area and so the the opportunity in that is that we can also be patient for our clients so if if a client comes to us and says hey i need a new website or i want to do this marketing thing we might look a little bit deeper in the organization and say yeah but what if you what if we actually work on this internal operations issue first and then we can change how you're making money and we can change your profitability and then we'll go off and spend money on you know some new design work getting another client in the door so we we don't. Uh, what's the what's the old adage when all, when all you have is a hammer, everything's a nail. Well, when when all you are is an agency, well, everything's a, a design issue. When all you are is managing online ads, well, everything's an online ad issue. Why? Because it's the way you make your money. And at the end of the day, everybody just wants to keep a job. Well, if you de- if that wasn't your goal, we'd be much more open to other things. So, um, the. That's kind of a lesson from being an entrepreneur. You know, there's a guy on podcast last, you know, we, we, we taped last night who had iterated off his idea twice before he's on the third one. Well, who does that? Only somebody who's, a, whose goal is not to just keep their idea. If, you're, if that's all your goal is, if that's all you're like, well, we are an agency, we have to stay an agency because we're designing, we're designers and we just want to design stuff. That's neat. Um, fine. Do that. But, uh, you're, you're, a, you're kind of a lowest common denominator, um, and if you're all you are as an IT company well, well okay I guess you know we got to go get more computers to put in and networks to, to manage um, but if you can if you can just look across the whole organization and and apply input where the organization needs you can actually move the client forward uh, and help them solve needs sit around the table as a director uh, and a strategist and as a trusted advisor uh, which um, which again I think is is unique and um, I'm I'm totally convinced it's the way the the world is moving, um, and I think that our history, at least, and and the people that that uh, our clients who 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 speak to us, um, you know, tell us that it's effective. You know, I, and then our clients who don't speak to us well, then they don't speak to us. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, I don't have a good funny. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of a good funny, jokey way to end the podcast. So if anybody's got a. Uh... Oh, I heard a really good joke the day, but I forgot it. That's really good.
0: I know thanks. It was it was stupid funny, too. It was a little bit off color though, so, you know, I won't say it here. Call and Jason I, and the I can't app, remember it, it. Have to put explicit on this
2: podcast.
3: I'm looking at I'm looking at Sam cause It was told to me that uh, Sam is the uh the extroverted side of Jason. Some, somebody lied to you. Really? <laughs> and that's your joke, folks. <laughs>
0: no, Aaron's the extroverted side of Jason. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, I'm extroverted. Yeah. I don't know what side of somebody I am.
3: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, this is fun because I kind of knew a little bit of the uh, direction. I've always wanted to ask the design question. Um, you know, Because people will say, oh, isn't this a great-looking card? And I'm like, yeah. just look at it funny. I, say, I can't wait to see it. Show this to Aaron.
0: <laughs> you know, does You know, professional. Everybody knows professional when they see it.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. well and the pro yeah. and the problem with it is,
2: I mean, everybody's different and what they like too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Nike can come out with the most awesome pair of shoes ever, and I mean, like, what what are those those shoes that your son gets? Yeezys or whatever I, they are. I couldn't care less about these shoes. I think yeah. they look like yeah. waffles strapped to people's feet, but they're selling for. Right, way too much money. Totally, I would never buy them. I would never wear them. I think, I think they're yeah. terrible design. Well, but but that's the thing where it's like, well, you can try and try and appease everybody and make everybody happy, or you can try and figure out how do I say what needs to be said in the clearest way possible to
1: the people I want to say
2: it. Right, exactly, totally.
0: And that's and Aaron Aaron mentioned Nike, and and if you look at Nike and their swoosh, you should read the story about, about how the swoosh came about. Uh, because the swoosh was not this grand scheme to say, "Oh, hey, we need to brand Nike." The swoosh actually just became the thing uh, through time because it needed because the shoe needed a design element to even it out. Mm-hmm. It, it was just it was just a thing, and then it and then it became the thing through time. Strategy, eh. organic, eh. right? These things come together when you start thinking about them, uh, and that's that's I think. Um, That's, I think, thinker's value. How do I wrap that up? We think about things. Things that you didn't know were the thing.
3: (laughs) I think we can end on that. I think so. All right. Well, have a good 2018. (laughs)